We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. Hello and welcome to another episode of This A for Life. I'm your host, Alison Smanoff, and I'm joined by my co-host, Susan Cadman. Hello. I'm not used to being first. Sorry. Wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. ready. <laughs> yeah, we are we are down a regular co-host. Uh, Rachel Hibbert is uh, on an overseas trip in Italy having a lovely time. Um, but we've got a, a stand-in guest co-host. Now, this person has appeared on the podcast before, way back in 2020, in the before times, before COVID, um, but long-time Darabin Falcon, 2017 VFLW Premiership player, 2022 Darabin Division Two Best and Ferris winner, Alex Reynolds. Welcome to This AFL Life, or welcome back to This AFL Life. Thanks, Val. Thanks, Caddy, and thanks, Hiba, for living it up in Italy. Good to see her knees tracking well and keeping across her Instagram stories. Um, I do want to flag that last time I was on this podcast, you advertised it with a very deceiving catfish photo of me from a past life. Um, And I think it would have confused the audience. So I reckon we need to uh, find something that's a little bit more current and um, yeah, not, not selling false hope (laughs) to people about my fitness levels. There was well, there was some great bicep definition in that particular photo. Are you saying that that's not yes. an accurate depiction? I'm glad it exists. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but look, you know, there's been a few years since that, the child, a couple of other major life events, um, and yeah, just not what it used to be. You know, the old bicep and probably a few other things. So I don't I'm know, sure we mate. can pick like- up something. You just won the Div 2 Best and Ferris. I think you're only, yeah. you've been going up and up, really, since yep. then. Thanks, Caddy. That's the, that's the trick, I think, is as you get older, you play in divisions lower and lower, and then you still stay on top. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's next, actually, because I don't, <laughs> I don't think Darwin goes any lower. No, nah, Masters are great. No, masters actually, they are well, actually really good. <laughs> like, there'd be no BNF with Masters, that's for sure. Um, so that's why I retired. It, that it's official. That's the You've reason. Officially retired. Oh. Yep. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I can't say it five times and and not do it. So <laughs> put it out to the world. I'm calling it. Um. So some very interesting AFLW results from round six. Some fairly one-sided affairs, but then also some really really close games. Did you? Did you guys have any highlights from the round? So there were a few really close and probably significant results in terms of Hawks having another win um, against, that would be their first win against a non-expansion side, which Mm. that's a pretty pretty big um, achievement. And one game which I was watching the scores because I was, with you both at the pub watching the Opals win bronze, win bronze. Um, the Bulldogs and the and the Geelong score. Mm. Um, Bulldogs nearly came back and snatched it out of the claws of the Cats. Um, 
three really close games on Saturday, a couple of them within a few points and a bit of an arm wrestle with Richmond Suns. I feel like um, the kind of middle of the ladder teams are really kind of pushing pushing their case a little bit at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, that was my initial thoughts from the weekend. But, yeah, there were some big results, big scores, some big my favourite um, qualm of lots of points being kicked by a few teams mm. that should be mm. doing a bit better. Um, but, yeah. Well, yeah, Brisbane, my God, 8-14. <laughs> Brisbane, yeah, I think Adelaide kicked 15 points. Collingwood kicked 12 points. Um, I think Collingwood nearly lost it for themselves if it wasn't for the Nicholas Stevens. Not the kind of kick for goal that you'd want to remember. Mm. Um, a shank, but um, I think for me, the game, I don't, I, it was an absolute blowout, Adelaide over Port, the first showdown match. I don't know. I think I was surprised by, and maybe this is a bit just naive on my part, but, you know, how well the Crows are doing without Phillips. I think that um, when she's on and she's playing well and, uh, you know, you watch games and, and everyone sort of talks about her and she's to focus, kicks lots of goals, um, but just how well, you know, everyone else is doing and, and you know, standing standing up and playing so well and Randall and Baranoff and, you know, everyone else having 30-plus touches and kicking multiple goals and it's just um, impressive. They're a very impressive side um, and I, yeah, was surprised by the result of that one, I reckon. Mm. They're just so consistent and, and that core group have played the whole way through since 2017 so it's really... I think Melbourne are kind of similar in that way. Like they've got that core mm. group that have played a lot of footy together. So I think that really translates. Yeah. Brisbane's the same as well. Um, something about that showdown match, there was about 20,000 people at Adelaide Oval yeah, wow. to watch that game. Um, which is interesting when you uh, come, come across a column by a guy like Steve Price who thinks that it's a terrible product and I, I mean I don't really want to give that guy too much airtime but I'm just sick to death of mm-hmm. middle-aged white boomer men punching down on women's sport like it's just I'm, I'm f***ing over it yeah you know I'm fired up at the moment Al, about a few things and this is absolutely one of them yes. um I think the thing that frustrates me the most is this position is taken from you know, he said he's he's sort of this whole article is talking about elite sport and and you know these professional this professional environment, and there's no consideration of you know that these players are paid part time. They've it's only you know kind of five or so years in. Um, yes, we have a long way to go, but how do we develop sides? How do we develop players? And how do we make sure that there's the junior participation without it to get to the standard that it needs to be like? You can't have a crack about the AFL's investment and, you know, that we've, they've sort of gone too big too soon. Um, like it, you need to just sort of hold it and support them and um, remember that, you know, you're 100 years behind the men. So, mm-hmm. yeah. just, you know, also Steve Price, who are you? <laughs> and who yeah. cares? Like that's the other thing. Like who are you to talk about it? You know, I know it's. He, he does it to get people's reactions, but I just couldn't, yeah, not interested. Yeah. He just doesn't, I mean, he doesn't really care. He just likes to 
drop a grenade and walk away. Um, mm-hmm. But also he was also claiming to be cancelled a couple of months ago. Um, <laughs> and he's got a, a column in a major newspaper and he's on a nightly um, current affairs show. So I don't know how cancelled you can be. <laughs> exactly. And we're talking about it. Exactly. Also, the thing that worries me the most is he has a daughter. Mm. Like how can you say those things? I bet he's never even watched a game in his life. No, or been to one. I don't mm. even think he's watched any sports. He doesn't look like a sports fan to me. Mm. But it's it's also just the like when someone like that writes a clickbait article like that, it just invites all the trolls. It's and it, it's just I'm just mm. that's the thing I hate the most. I mean, a guy like him, you're never probably going to change his opinion, but because of his platform, he rolls that out. Harold Sun tweets it. It gets picked up on other media outlets. It's talked about again on the project. And then all the trolls mm. chime in. And it's I'm just mm. AFLW isn't for them. It's not for Steve well, Price. This, it's not exactly for the trolls. Right. You know, it's got a it's got a new thriving audience. And yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um another result. From the weekend, which I was a bit sad about, but I'm also happy. Uh, GWS, they had to bounce back and they did. Mm. They beat the Blues. I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch the whole game, obviously, because we were at the pub watching the GOAT, Lauren Jackson. Um, That was just an incredible. Can we just take like one sec to just celebrate what an absolute champion she is? And, you know, I know this is an AFL podcast but look she's just incredible and I think she deserves a shout out oh my god many shout outs just yeah. run back the clock like my god 30 points can we yeah. she's amazing full forward somewhere that's my next question <laughs> that, feel, can you that imagine? feels like the right next move for me for her I mean yeah. div two this is spot in the midfield <laughs> I don't know if I would LJ wants to have a run around. She'd, I reckon she'd represent the Darabin jumper very well. Oh, definitely. I think, yeah, should be our next re- recruiting target, definitely. But I think I, I read a stat somewhere there was there's um, only one other player that has scored more than 30 points in a um, FIBA Women's World Cup match, and that was 31 points, and that was Lauren Jackson. <laughs> What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, back in 20-something uh, or other. That's incredible. Yeah. And how many minutes does she play? Like Not that more many. Than she played in the other games, but not that many. She was no. just an absolute beast. It was lit. I'm just yeah. so impressed. Every time she, I don't know, you just see it, you're like, this is this is an it's impressive amazing. person. Yeah. <laughs> you're amazing. Like, I'm yeah. such a major fangirl for her. Like, I just yeah. can't. Well, I just hope it translates that whole, I mean, the, the Women's Basketball World Cup was just such a great event and the, all the games were awesome and I just hope it um, has a flow-on effect and people actually get to some WNBL games and and actually just support our female athletes because if we think AFLW players have it bad, I can tell you basketballers have it a lot worse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they got three committed WNBL fans in us. Yes. We've all made that commitment. Rope in a few others and off we go. Off we go. Uh, but getting back to AFLW, um, the Giants, Caddy, how do you feel about them getting back on track? I mean, they had to they had to 
bounce back from that performance and make a statement and wherever we think the blues are at right now, which I think they're a bit lost. I don't think they know where they're at. They don't seem to really have a very clear game style apart from overhand Mm. balling. Um, Yeah. um, I think really, really good for the Giants to get a win at home in Sydney as well. Um, Bit of a boost for the fans. Um, But yeah, not a, not a hugely high scoring game. So I think Giants still, Actually, Giants and Blues at the moment having trouble scoring goals, just finding mm. the right mm. balance. I know Phoebe McWilliams hadn't scored a heap of goals for the Blues, but every game I watched, she'd been setting up heaps of them for them, mm. and I reckon they're really missing her. Mm. Um, and the Giants, again, still all too reliant on the Staunton to, to do the deed, but um, obviously don't want to focus too much on low scoring games, but just more of the style they're playing. But mm. yeah, really, really happy for them. Gives them something to work with, you know, gives a little bit of something more for the season, but I just don't know about those blues, Al. Yeah. See, well, I was wanting to talk about GWS to deflect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I've, I've been, I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days and I just, I'm just not sure. Like there's a lot, the top end talent on Carton's list is really great, especially some of those youngsters like Mimi Hill, Abby McKay, mm. Lucy McAvoy. Like that's that's a re- you know, and and Bree Moody has been like, like she's just been elite this season. Like she is just yeah. an amazing footballer. Um, then you've got experience like Darcy Vessio, Jess Dalpos, um, Elise O'Day. There's you know, Karen, Karen Peterson, like a lot of um, more Laloifi, she's been playing great footy. There's really great talent in the team. I just, they're just over-possessing the ball. And I don't know if it's the game style isn't suiting the team that's on the park mm, or it's over-complicated or like, you know, is it, is it, is it game like style G, or is it personnel? Do you feel like they miss G? to sort of break those lines a bit and sort of get the ball outside a little bit more. Like I, I was wondering, like, with Prosparcus, Georgia G, Stevens, all not being there, I may have missed someone. Mm. Um, you know, I wonder who they're missing the most in the way that they're playing. Yeah. I mean, th- that's, a, that's a really good point because, I mean, Georgia G was a, was a great runner. So was Mads. Mads G, um, who did an ACL, um, Brooke Walker, yep. who's also missed a lot as well. Like they're players that yep. can all really break lines. So, yeah, so maybe maybe they're, you know, that that dish out handball to someone on the outside, but they don't have the outside runner. So I don't, I, to me, as it, like, to me, you'd, you'd adjust the game style, but I don't know, like it's hard to do that in season. Yeah, and with a shorter preseason, you know, maybe that's sort of easier said than done when you sort of have back-to-back seasons that are a little bit closer together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I think we need to do do need to remember that whilst I have that top-end talent, they had significant churn on their list, like we talked mm-hmm, about yeah. before the season, and like knowing the some of the coaches in the team well and yeah. talking to them about what's going on. And I think it's like just got to be patient with them and let mm. them kind of – go through the motions, actually play some footy together, start to figure out, you know, how to move the ball in the best way and all of that. And they just they just really need some strong, strong leadership from those top-end players to really sort of show the way. So I think, like, 
just got to be a bit patient with them and they mm. are kind of in a bit of a rebuild really when you talk about some of these mm-hmm. plays that are out so yeah they'd be disappointed with the result but by all accounts the Giants they they had a I didn't watch the game to be honest but um they did I was reading a, a report that said that the Giants really withheld the that the defense really won the game for the Giants for them on the weekend so um at least Carl were getting the ball moving down there. So, yeah. you know, there's still things that are there. Just got to mm. connect all the dots a bit cleaner, I think, yeah. and just stop, to me, to stop Obi's in that footy, just get the ball mm. on the boot. <laughs> but, yeah, a bit more surge footy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I feel really positive about Carlton and their list and the, the young talent that they've got. And and I have been looking at this year as kind of a development year. Um, but there's been a few games where they probably could have put in a slightly better performance, but I am also just really excited about, about their, their list and their future too. And I think if anyone was going to beat them, it's nice for GWS to get the win and, um, you know, re-energize a bit. They've had, you know, a very challenging to the AFLW Mm. start and, you know, they've spoken pretty openly about the difficulty getting talent up there and, um, you know, with 18 clubs now, um, that's not going to sort of go away anytime soon. Mm. Um, so it must be fantastic for Alicia Eva and her team to, you know, knock off a, a team that's been, you know, big contenders over the last few years and, um, yeah, do it on home soil. And, um, yeah, so congrats to them. <laughs> good win good win now Alex I don't know if you've listened to other episodes um over recent weeks but um Hattie also being an Essendon supporter like you are was quite struck by how much of an impact on her that seeing um Essendon in the AFLW had what ha- has it been a, a similar thing for you good question and um, commiserations as our <laughs> Essendon membership. Um, I, I feel like we've, it's nice that we're both sort of supportive through the tough times. Oh, the club. Um, Let's talk about the women's team and then we can talk about the club. <laughs> um, no, and one of the absolute, you know, great things about the club at the moment is, um, yeah, the AFLW side and securing that wood and just sort of, um, I think doing well, you know, being competitive and playing mm. good footy and Bonnie Too Good's been fantastic. I look, I'm it's really nice to see, you know, players running out there um that aren't the AFL men's side or VFL men's side in an Essendon jersey like that, you know, I you know, grew up and would have loved to have, have done that. That was sort mm. of the dream as a kid. Um but I, you know, I don't think I felt any sort of different to how I felt over the last five, six years um, seeing women and gender diverse people running out in those AFLW jumpers, um, representing AFL clubs. Maybe my sort of diehard SNN support has died off over the last <laughs> few years. Still Why would that be? And, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. Um <laughs> But, you know, I do watch them. Like I find myself sort of, you know, what looking at the scores and, um, you know, I sort of, yeah, have a bit of a soft spot. 
but I already feel like I've like made my AFLW allegiances and that's given me a bit of an out to not to sort of I don't know diversify my support of <laughs> yeah like um but it is great it's you know mm. I think it's just fantastic to have every single side every team mm. every jumper represented that's sort yeah. of what gets me excited mm. yeah for sure so who um who do you have an allegiance to in AFLW then Al? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> Is it more and than one? I one? with every season. <laughs> yeah. Look, Western Bulldogs had my heart from day one. Mm. Um, I have a really big soft spot for Carlton. I have a less soft spot, but still it's soft for Melbourne. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's sort of Darabin, yeah. I guess, um, connections in those teams and that's probably partly why um, I'm a big sort of Sydney supporter I just want them to get a win and mm, um, yeah. you know want those Darabin girls and particularly Jenna to celebrate and um, feel that so I don't know Al I don't know <laughs> I know who more who I don't support yeah. <laughs> than who I do to be um, honest. Collingwood North Melbourne. <laughs> yes. yes. Although Jazzy Garner's hard not to support, to be honest. Yeah, no. Incredible footballer. My God. And she's like been in scary good form this year. Amazing. I mean, it's quite interesting that this week uh, there are two Essendon supporters on the show. And I don't know if, <laughs> I mean, the footy group chats were going off the chart yesterday. Um, I don't know if either of you want to talk about. The CEO debacle. I mean, is it in the is it in Steve Price areas? We should just acknowledge that oh, it happened and leave it alone. Well, I just think I'm. I think Alex has more more to say than me, but I just think that I'm disappointed mainly in the club for not doing their due diligence. Yeah, that's the issue that I have with the whole thing. Mm. Because, firstly, the guy was on the panel to do the review and recommendation and then somehow he becomes one of the options like that's just not right and mm. then two I think an external um an external organization made the recommendation but how even when you get that recommendation from an external organization you still need to do your own due diligence as well mm. and all you had to do is google the guy yeah and we're not even talking about his stance in the church but we're talking about his history and then in the, the Royal Banking Commission, he got yeah. fired for mm. misappropriating funds. Like mm-hmm. how can you have so, invite someone with that kind of history to be a CEO of a very, very um, like highly, you know, a very popular influential club. club. Has, mm. Influential, that's what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. So despite all the rest of it, that is what I'm just, like I can't even believe with Essendon knowing how many eyes are on them that they've done that. Like what the f- is going on at that club? Mm-hmm. And I read something today that understood that Brad Scott, one of the terms of him accepting the role was that he had the CEO in place. So <gasps> even the good news of last week about Brad Scott, wait, Brad Scott? I always get confused between them. Yeah, Brad. That's <laughs> no, Brad. Brad Bomber's. Chris Katz. We wish it was Chris. Love it. <laughs> yes. Love it. FIFA Bombers. I got that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, he won't step down or anything, but just an interesting dynamic that's playing on at mm. that freaking club. And 
they got rid of a lot of dead wood already, but there's obviously a long way to go there if they're making these kind of decisions in this talk mm-hmm. today about whether this also means that the is it the chair of the board or whatever is Barham? President. Or the president. Yeah. President. I don't even know why they need so many positions. I get confused, but <laughs> that he should go to for, you know, making these kind of decisions. And I'm like, I'm not against it because it's been, <laughs> it's been, I'm just embarrassed. Like I'm just embarrassed to be an Essendon supporter mm. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in your shoes because I'm a Carlton yeah. supporter and we have had some really bad things like bad coach sackings, bad board decisions, bad board members, bad presidents. Um, but Essendon was really like, hold my beer this week. <laughs> Absolutely cooked it. <laughs> I think, Katia couldn't agree more with everything you said. It's an absolute embarrassment. But I think what, like, I don't know, my sort of feelings over the last few weeks about everything that's come out of AFL clubs is just a really poor governance in AFL clubs for people, for marginalised, for, you know, people that are vulnerable, for, you know, I think with this whole CEO situation and, and talking about how he's... Um, you know, been asked to resign because of his, I guess, dual appointments and him being a, a governing the church. It's got nothing to do with his faith. Like, it's got nothing to do with his mm. beliefs. It's about the fact that he is associated with an organisation that promotes hate, that promotes mm. bigotry, violence in some instances against women. You know, it's these archaic views. It's not about, you know, his... Christian beliefs or and I think to you know that just muddies the water and and Mm. and, you know I think confuses the footy public about how we sort of position these things and how the media sort of talks about them and just to see sort of yeah that AFL clubs who are they accountable to in terms of treating people with dignity and respect and support and understanding you know intersectionality and you know the the personal sort of needs and I guess, lives of their players. Like, it's just, it's pathetic, to be honest. Like, mm. I've absolutely had enough and I was ready to relinquish my SNM membership if, I mean, I'm not a member, but <laughs> <laughs> my, my support, I would have, you know, got rid of my kids' footy. You know, like, <laughs> and I was furious. I yeah. was, I don't know, I just, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of AFL men's footy clubs. Like yep. they did, and they get away with it, and they've gotten away with it for too long. It's just mm. I could talk about this all night, so I won't. But no, I'm cranky about can. it. Yeah, it's just you know. And Caddy, you're absolutely right. Like the due diligence and the processes that they're going through, like that wouldn't fly in some organisations. And I think the thing is, is mm. that it does in others, and that's why AFL clubs get away with this it's just more public when they get found out or they you know make a huge mistake um but this is how a lot of middle-aged white men's worlds work and now we're just seeing it and the fallout from it and the experience of you know Hawthorne players and Hawthorne player partners and First Nations peoples and many clubs and the fallout maybe could have been for you know a lot of different people should this guy have held the CEO role mm. um, that doesn't get played out in media and all other organizations, but you know, for the AFL it does. And I think it's good that we're 
I don't know, our tolerance window is getting smaller. Mm, but yeah, couldn't come quick enough. And I don't know if you're in a similar position to me, but like I, I mean, after my experience of working in football, I, I was lost to football. I turned my back on it. Um, I was really disillusioned by it, really jaded by the industry. Um, but it has actually been women's football and AFLW that has got me back. But then men's footy just over and over again, <laughs> keep proving my point about why I left. <laughs> so, um, but like you say, Alex, that there is more scrutiny now mm. and clubs have to be better. Yeah. They absolutely do. And I think the AFLW community and the more the people engaged with clubs now have, you know, in, I guess increased that scrutiny. And, you know, I think that it's empowered people that maybe otherwise would, didn't feel like they had a voice in the AFL community to have one and speak louder and stand up for this sort of stuff. Um, and it always frustrates me and saddens me that the people that are already in positions that lack power are the ones that have to do, you know, the loudest yelling about this stuff. Mm. Um, but, you know, at least they are, like, at least we are. And I think hopefully the industry at some point in the future will be better for it. I mean, it will. Absolutely. Okay, sl- slight change of topic. Um, I noticed in some good news this week that the West Coast Eagles released uh their pride jumper this week they and and they released it on social media and and there was a great video accompanying the release and the announcement um and i just think it's really great given what happened earlier this year when the eagles were the only club to not have a pride jumper plus also their coach um, <clears throat> with his infamous quote, I think we've done the pride stuff to death and how much that would have affected the playing group. Um, but if you haven't had a look at it, jump on the Eagle social media channels and watch the video. The players pretty much drove it and, and had a lot of input in the design. And I think it's a really great outcome. And, you know, we were talking about this stuff at Essendon and earlier in the show. And I, and I just think, this is how AFLW is changing this game and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, really imp- impressive that they've sort of gone out um, pretty proud and fittingly, I guess, in the Pride round and, and got a pretty impressive jumper. I think that players are driving this sort of stuff everywhere, um, which you know, I think it's it's sort of can be challenging, Um, but I think paving the way and and showing just how inclusive and supportive um, AFL clubs can be and how considerate of all their fans and, um, yeah, I think it's amazing. I just love how how the women's teams are are dragging all of their clubs, kicking and screaming into this space, and I I just think it's bloody great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, like, talked about there's a heat loss last season about the importance of pride rounds and the safe space it creates not only for the players but also for the supporters Mm. and the importance of the visibility in the broader AFL landscape considering we're still really far behind with AFLM and only 
are Swans and Saints. Swans and Saints, isn't it, who have the Pride game? Mm-hmm. Only one Pride game that happens and it's, yeah, it's a bit disappointing that the men's aren't catching up. But, um, you know, we talked about the association for the community with football and general um and it's been a really safe place for a lot of us um so i'm really glad i know they did reference it last year west coast that they you know had planned to do it this sorry last season that, that they planned to do it this season but it was it was really uh did the those comments still stick in my mind and i still have lost complete respect for that coach i mean and he's an <laughs> ex-essendon player so you know um, but I'm really pleased for the players that they got to contribute so much to it as well. So yeah. exciting. Is it just one or is it one or two rounds of the Pride round? I can't remember. I think it's in round eight. That's right. Next week. Mm. But yeah, clubs yeah. may wear their jumper in more than one round. Yeah. I think that's happened in previous seasons. But speaking of Pride round last year, um, there was also some media attention around Hanine Zareka's decision to not wear the pride jumper and play in the GWS pride game last year. Um, Alex, you, before we started recording, you um, mentioned that she's confirmed that she won't wear the pride jumper again this year. Yeah, that's my understanding and I will fact check it. Um, <laughs> but obviously for sort of um, you know, religious faith reasons, um, she has again opted to not play in the round. So obviously, so, you know, there's sort of AFL requirement that the jumpers sort of are worn by the entire team. Um, and, you know, I think it's just interestingly, I guess, when we think about, you know, Essendon's sort of um, position around that CEO and um, I think that I'm preparing for all of the sort of supporter backlash about how is this any different? Um and I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, Hanine's decision is a, a personal one that's not inciting hate or um, exclusion or, um, you know, I think that what she's done in many ways is is quite selfless. And I can understand that it would be difficult, you know, I think as, as queer teammates of people that may um, be challenged sort of openly, outwardly supporting their teammates around things like pride round that'd be really hard for everyone um but yeah i think it's important to acknowledge that it is really different to mm. um this essence stuff and um you know i'm sure hanine has full support of her team and and supports those players um and that community in other ways um but yeah it'd be really tricky and it's a really difficult one isn't it like mm. and i think also the difference between the Essendon situation is also the power dynamic as well. I mean, absolutely. Um, and and as you said, it's it's a completely personal choice by um, by Hanine. Yeah, for sure. And I don't want to connect them too much. I know that. No. But I just feel like there's going to be this like you know backlash from AFLM supporters in particular around you know just a sort of double standard or that you know, the two, and sort of, you know, connecting the two things. And I think, um, you know, it's really important that we think about the context in both and as mm. I say, huge power dynamic in one hour and the other is a player sort of 
who's done some significant sort of things in terms of, you know, being progressive in, in her faith and how she's sort of found this place where she could play AFLW and also stay sort of true to herself and her values. And um, if that means sitting out a pride round, round and not wearing the jumper, I think I'd rather that than, you know, sort of wearing it and not being proud and not aligning with those values. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I do think it's really brave for a player to do step out of a match like that. Um, but as we know from the conversations that she was having last year is that it's something communicated really well with her teammates. And I think that is a really key part of it as well. Cause it's, um, I think, yeah, like you said, Alex, like dem- demonstrating your support for your teammates as well. And, but it's just something that then she's just not comfortable with. Um, yeah, it's tricky. And I know the trolls will get onto it as they always do, but um, yeah. Mm. It's not the same. <laughs> but yeah, there's some, um, there's some interesting matchups coming mm. up in round seven. Um what have we got our eye on? Oh, there's a few. I think the St Kilda Carlton game will be interesting. Mm, God, I yeah. agree. I don't know, I think North and Brisbane North's home game. I think that'll be an absolute cracker. Can we just talk about North for a second? Yeah, they are really getting it done this mm. season. Yeah, like Jazzy Garner is in unstoppable form, and then she's got a support crew that's holding her up as well, and like. And McCartney's playing off the half, like doesn't even have mm. space for her in the middle anymore. She's mm. playing off the half back. Mm. Like it's been, um, for me, they're, start, they're sneaking under the radar a little bit. Does you, do you guys feel the same or is that just me being ignorant? No, I feel like they are under the radar a little bit. You know, they really pushed Melbourne in that early game um, when they played on the MCG. Um, but I feel like they've gotten better since then. <laughs> yep. No, I agree. I think watching them sort of demolish Sydney over the weekend, mm. obviously, you know, tough, tough match for, for Sydney, um, but just their sort of complete game across the ground, like from end to end, you know, they're really impressive. Um, I think obviously Jazzy Garner's just, I was just in awe. I just, I don't know. She's an absolute gun and to have, you know, Riddell and um, Randall Britain. and, Carney and Bruton and these players around her um, that are just all elite. And mm. I think they just need a, they've been, you know, we, you know, they've been competitive for a while, but they seem to have found a different groove or gear mm. um, gelling a bit. And I think, yeah, I think they'll just keep improving. Um, mm. But I think they've got a tough, maybe it'll sort of help everyone understand where they're at, you know, playing mm. Brisbane and seeing if they can put it to them. Yeah. Um, if this game doesn't get moved, it'll actually be their first game at Arden Street as well this season. Oh, that's right. Mm. They've um, been at Punt but, Road, haven't they? Mm, um, but, yeah, there's been some question marks over the surface at Arden Street, so hopefully that's been sorted out. Another yeah. game that I am actually really looking forward to is, which is surprising, <laughs> but it's Essendon Geelong. I think that'll be a cracker of a game because when both teams are up and running, they just play some really great free-flowing footy. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Again, a test of where Essendon's at, I think, because Geelong Mm -hmm. are another team in pretty 
pretty decent form, but I play a very similar quick movement style of footy. Um, it's the country carnival down in Warrnambool, which is good. Getting it out and about to all the fans. Um, but I think Essendon might want to bounce back from their result last week too, when they pretty much got smashed by Brisbane. So, yeah, I think that's an intriguing matchup, which has the potential to be the game of the round. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And are we one press purpose? Yeah. Or two press purposes? <laughs> Well, one's one. been suspended. One's one suspended, right? Yeah, so it's one a press parkas. One press parkas. Not a press park eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, another interesting game will be Melbourne v the Doggies as well. It would be interesting to see where the dogs are at when they come yeah. up against Melbourne. Yeah, I think more, um, no, I think it'll be, yeah, Melbourne's to lose. Um, mm. And I think Bulldogs have obviously had a cracker start, but we're playing sort of those bottom teams, but hopefully it's good footy. I mean, they mm. both play great footy. So yeah. that's all you can hope for, right? Mm. Yeah. I think um, Bulldogs will have, I think, I reckon the Bulldogs might sneak a win there, actually. I'm going to call it. Oh, big call. Yeah. Got to have an upset. I don't mind that. Sixton really is just signed on for two more years, Caddy. You reckon there's a bit of a energized D's running around, supportive bit of, of their, confidence. Yeah, locking yeah. their coach. Yeah, who knows? But why not? I mean, I did pick Fremantle like to win the premiership, so everyone <laughs> should listen to what I have to say. Actually, I think I might do a bit of a footy tipping check-in to see how we're all going because I know oh. I'm doing terribly. <laughs> well, I'm doing a lot better in my work competition than I am in the this AFL life competition. Yes, I made people from my work come into my competition. So that's we have a few. <laughs> um, but I'm doing just as good as ever. Um, 24. 24 out of 46 people. Mm. Okay. I'm sitting in, in our in our tipping comp, I'm sitting in 12th out of 46. Oh. Uh, and in my work one, I'm sitting in third, actually. Oh. Ditch that. that. Ditch this, this AFL. Life <laughs> yeah. Life, I think your money's on your work one, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but if look, I was talking big game, so if I wasn't doing well in that one, you'd was, hear about it. Yeah, I would hear about it definitely. Um. Well, I think we might wrap it up here. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. You fancy coming back next week? <laughs> if you'll have me. Yeah, um, definitely. Hopefully, I don't feel as ragey and cranky about the state of AFL but I think we'll have some good women's games over the weekend it'll cheer me up absolutely Caddy thank you for soldiering on through this episode thank you sorry everyone I'm a bit unwell still so hopefully Alison will just you know edit out all those little coughs that yeah I've been getting be seamless <laughs> looking forward to feeling better and watching some good footy on the weekends and um yeah I think um the ladder's really starting to shape up so it'll be mm. interesting to sort of look at that closely next week I think yeah so you're looking to make some predictions yes. into the media end of the season absolutely yeah well we'll see you next time on the safe life see ya see you bye